The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with the man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for who... For her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. It's almost here, Christmas. The mystery kept secret for long ages is soon to be manifested. But before we get to Friday, let's linger a bit on today's mystery. Many profound things are announced today, but there's one thing in particular I wanted to focus on, and lest we overlook it, let's pause and look at this. So today we're nine months from the gospel we heard, from that the Annunciation, from the moment that the Word became flesh in the womb of Mary, when Mary said, Fiat, let it be done. And Joseph, I think in a special way, invites us to join him and lovingly look at Mary, pregnant, very pregnant and beautiful, full of eager hope and anticipation. And we are in awe. The incarnate Word is in Mary's womb. She contains God. So let's go back to the first reading. The first reading we saw how David suddenly alarmed that here I am in a house of cedar and God's out in a tent. We need to do something about this. So Nathan says, well, do something, whatever you have in mind. But then God comes to Nathan and says, kind of, I think, paraphrasing the idea, You know, I appreciate David's concern for me, that he desires I have a dwelling place, but just you wait. He says this in the first reading in different words, but I myself will create that resting place. And then Joseph again today nudges us and says, hey, here she is. Here she is. This is God's resting place. Mary, my wife. The home, the temple, Mary. 
Now, what does this teach us? Well, many things, but one thing. If you've ever heard of the theology of the body, well, it teaches many things. And one thing in particular, well, basic terms, what it means is that the body manifests something about God. Not all of his creation does. Some, it reveals something about him. But the human body, in a very particular way, reveals truths about who God is and what God is capable of. And what we see today is that the body is God's temple. Like this church. Okay, we have, think of the most beautiful church you've ever seen. I think the most beautiful church I've seen is probably St. Peter's. That's nothing compared to you. You, each one of you. That's what the Annunciation, one of the things it's teaching us is that God dwells within us. We are his temple. Now, obviously, I think as any pregnant person can tell us that being receiving Christ in the Eucharist is different than being pregnant. But there's a truth there. God himself dwells within. He comes into you. You are his temple. And it says, we look again to Mary, and she's teaching us, yes, it's true. Learn from me how to contain God, how to reverence God within. That reminds us of what Paul says in a different letter than the one we read today, 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit within you. So what does this mean? Well, John Paul II says in another place that the fruit of redemption, one of the fruits, is this gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've received a double gift, many gifts, but in particular, the gift of when you're created, you're given life. You're given your identity. Of course, we grow into that more and more. And then we get through redemption, this second gift what John Paul II called the person gift, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who comes to dwell within you. So let's pause in the context of Christmas that's approaching. We, we speak of Christmas gifts and we give gifts. And I think rightly so, but I think what we're doing, first of all, is imitating God, the first giver. You know, we're imitating the three wise men who give gifts to Christ, but really, they're all ultimately imitating, again, God, the giver. And the one we call the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. So this Christmas, after this Christmas, if someone asks you, so what you, would you get for Christmas, especially kids? Oh, nothing much. I just got the Holy Spirit in my soul. <laughs> of course, I hope you get other gifts too. But that gift... <laughs> Is tremendous. God himself. Now what's a consequence of this gift? Many consequences once again, but we'll focus on one. John Paul II speaks of a new obligation we've been given. To commit, not to commit unchastity. Not to sin against your own body. Now we want to take unchastity or chastity, the opposite, it's fullest sense. Unchastity would really be the disintegration of our wholeness. Think of ourselves as a whole. And it fragments us when we feel dispersed, when we feel pulled, when we feel tugged, when we feel tempted, when we want to steal a pleasure without really looking at ourselves as a gift to others or the other person as a real gift. 
when we don't reverence ourselves, when we don't reverence others. St. Paul continues, you are not your own. You were bought with a price, a very dear price, the blood of Christ. Added some words in there, but that's what he's referring to. So glorify God in your body, you temple. Glorify God in your body. You know, we all abuse ourselves and undervalue ourselves and our bodies in many ways. We just look around at society that we want to like proclaim, hey, look at me. Other times we want to hide ourselves. Other times we... All sorts of things. There's a worship of the body, and then there's a disgust of the body, and then there's... We beat up on ourselves, and then we raise ourselves up. All of this is kind of like dancing around the real truth. Like, we are temples. And we treat, we treat temples with reverence. So, we're not bringing this up so that we beat up on ourselves, but rather to prompt reflection, to waken us to the gift with the capital G that we refer to, and the awesome dignity we have. And this doesn't just mean our soul, obviously our soul, but soul and body. We are soul and body. So let's bring it back to looking at Mary. I think this is a good way to drive the truth home again. So we started with Joseph nudging us, hey, look, here's the temple. Here's God's home. God prepared her, which is then a foreshadowing of, hey, God prepared you. So let's draw near again to her. Imagine being face to face with Mary. Again, young, eager, pregnant, lovely Mary. Reverence swells up in our hearts. And we can literally bow before her because God dwells within her. Just as you genuflected when you came into Mass, genuflecting at Christ in the Eucharist, genuflect before Mary. And in some way, genuflect before one another. Now, you don't have to go doing that, but the, the sense is God dwells within you. We don't worship each other. We worship the God who dwells within. And as we're kind of filled with these truths and trying to make sense of them, Mary takes our chin and lifts us to look at her. Her face, that icon of a fire within, and you don't want to look away. And then she takes your trembling hand and directs it to her rounded belly, and you feel it, a kick, God's kick in Mary's belly. And suddenly you are overwhelmed with fear and joy and amazement and confusion, and you are met with your smallness, and yet you feel something come alive in you, the Holy Spirit the same spirit by whom Mary conceived this baby. So let us pause to reflect and relish that God dwells in me. God dwells in my neighbor. That means the one to your right, the one to your left, the one in front of you, the one behind you. It's a day of deep reverence for our own bodies and for those of our neighbor. It is a day of self-gift. In short, let us repeat, you are God's home. And as we prepare for Christmas, remember, today, this fourth Sunday of Advent, what we're hearing in the Annunciation, the Lord wants to dwell deeply within you. And like Mary gave birth, Christ then wants to burst forth from you, from your radiant smile, from your serving hands, from your arms that embrace, from you. And we turn to Mary once again and say, Mary, please teach us the way.
The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall name him Emmanuel. With longing for the Lord and his coming at Christmas, we offer our prayers to the Eternal Father. For the church, that she may draw light and strength from the faith of Mary and Joseph, we pray to the Lord. For legislators and leaders of nations, especially our own, that the Lord may guide their decisions in order to uphold the dignity of every human life at every stage, from conception to natural death. Let us pray to the Lord. For all Christian families, especially those of this parish, that they may be a witness to the hope that is born from the fruit of love. Let us pray to the Lord. For an increase of vocations to the priesthood and to consecrated life, that young men and women may generously respond to the invitation of Jesus, we pray to the Lord. For the isolated, the depressed, and forgotten, that the Lord may comfort them in their time of need, and may their neighbors be made aware of their neighbor's need, let us pray to the Lord. And for the grace this week to welcome the presence of Jesus that comes to us through the motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We pray to the Lord. Lord, And for all this parish community for whom this Mass is being offered, may we continually be witnesses to God's presence with us and to live with reverence and respect for one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, And now let us join our prayers to those of the Blessed Mother as we sing.